Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. with the Master Key on this Saturday noon. We pray that your morning has been blessed, uh, relaxing. I just come out of a men's meeting uh, with a group of men that <coughs> I'm going to be mentoring on uh, on Saturdays. And uh, I just come out of an excellent meeting with them. Matter of fact, we just uh, went through a deliverance session, uh, sharing some principles with them in the areas of uh, deliverance, and uh, and God really blessed, really moved, and it seemed like these young men really, uh, really want uh, what God have for them. So I'm excited about it. So uh, I pray that um, you are excited about what God is doing in your life. This is really our set time. This is our due season. And God has been preparing us for some great and awesome things. I want to apologize for last week. Uh, the young man that sets the uh, uh, the studio up uh, for us to do the uh, Saturday morning, uh, Saturday noon, did not set it up, so I want to apologize for that. I went on to do it and it would not let me in because uh, it wasn't set up. So, uh, uh, we're perfecting things, and uh, um, um, and I was kind of bothered. Allowed my spirit to get a little bothered uh, by um, um, what transpired. Uh, I believe when you and I are doing anything for the Lord, we should do it with a spirit of excellence. Uh, anything we doing for Him, uh, 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 it should be priority. The kingdom should be priority over my. Priorities over my things, my personal needs. Uh, God should be number one. God should be first. So, uh, but I want to keep stay on that. But I just apologize for uh, those of you that did log in and joined us last week and and, and didn't see and saw that we wasn't there. That's the reason why uh, that we have to prepare. This has to be prepared at the beginning of the month, and the young man forgot and. Uh, so I don't believe that we'll have that problem again. Matter of fact, I'm going to be having him to train somebody else. And and all of those uh, leaders out there, pastors, you know it's very important for us to cross-train people. Uh, so um, have more than one person knowing the same thing. Uh, because we live in a world, um, is it sometimes it's hard to get find dedicated, committed uh, men and women in the body of Christ or in the kingdom. Uh, that's not to say that with a young man because he is he's loyal, faithful. Matter of fact, he probably got too much to do, and that's probably why uh, uh, he forgot because he's really is a loyal person, dedicated. Uh, but I'm trying to get him to be more sensitive to the Spirit of God and not do your uh, execute your ministry in your own strength, because uh, the Holy Spirit don't forget anything. When we forget, it's on our part, not the Holy Spirit part. So. Uh, but uh, today is a new day. Today is the day that we set aside to share in the areas of prayer, intercession, warfare, and flowing and operating in the supernatural. Uh, there's a women's conference that is going on, so I know majority of our ladies, my wife is to this, my daughter's in this conference um, uh, down south Miami, and heard uh, they got there early this morning, a half hour early, and had... Uh, two to three lines wrapped around the building, trying to get in the building. Uh, matter of fact, they had to turn people away last night, uh, she was sharing with me, uh, and, and they auditorium seat over 5,000 people. Uh, that's their church size uh, uh, auditorium. So uh, they had to turn people away. Uh, so uh, and I just know they said the powerful move of God last night, so I just know it's a, another move of God, powerful move of God today. And I pray that all of the people, ladies that go there, that God, they will have an encounter with the Lord. 
we go to conferences, we get excited, we get hyped up, and but there's no change. I believe I believe God that as these ladies go to this conference, that there will be change. Their life will be changed. We always hear people say, after this meeting, your life will never be the change. And people go back the same old way. Uh, then then we lied. So let's, I'm believing God that they will encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul encountered him on the road to Damascus, his life was forever changed. He did not go back. I believe one of the reasons why a lot of us backslide, when I say us, I'm talking about the body of Christ, uh, uh, is because we have not had a genuine encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I personally believe never had a genuine uh, salvation experience. Uh, I personally believe when I begin to look at, I've been uh, in this thing over 30 years, been saved about 35 years, and been in the ministry about 30, uh, 30 years, uh, probably longer than that. Yeah, much longer than that. Um, been in ministry, and uh, uh, I've noticed some things. Um, uh, we, you know, we minister the word. People get convicted. They come to the altar, and we lead them into accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And um, but there's was it was really no genuine salvation experience. I personally, when we have a genuine salvation experience, and that's what I say, experience that. Uh, our life will change. I'm not saying we would never uh, miss God. We would never make mistakes. I'm not talking about that. But when, even when you make a mistake because of a genuine experience, you knew you know something wrong, and you, and you you would genuinely repent. You would genuinely turn. Repentance means to turn. It doesn't mean to confess. It don't mean to say the word. I repent. That's what has come to the body of Christ. We 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 make repentance saying something. Repentance is not saying something. Repentance is doing something. Uh, excuse me one minute. If we, I want to just come out of this deliverance session, so I need to drink some water. Excuse me one minute, if you will. Thank you. Um, it means to change, and you don't change because you sin. You, that's not why you change, and that's why I believe why repentance doesn't work. Even though we're not here to talk about repentance today, uh, uh, the majority of people that repent, they repent because um, they got caught um, that they sinned, got revealed it, or or they focus even on the sin. The purpose of repentance is not the sin that, uh, 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 that we committed. The purpose of repentance is turning back to a relationship that we broke. And that's why we sin because we broke fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, we really didn't break relationship. I shouldn't say relationship because uh, you're still in relationship with Him. You're just not in fellowship with Him. Uh, when we sin, we break fellowship. Uh, we're in relationship by uh, uh, of the covenant that we enter into by asking Him to come into our life. So we enter into a relationship when a husband and wife sin against one another, they broke fellowship. They still married, but they broke fellowship. And so it's the same thing with the Lord. You're still a born-again believer, if you really are a born-again believer. When you sin, you break fellowship, not relationship. That's why you can repent and, and confess your faults. He's faithful just to forgive and cleanse you from all unrighteousness because you're in relationship. But those that are not relationship, they can't say, I repent, forgive me. You can't because you don't have him. You're not in a relationship with him. So you don't belong to him. So you can't say, forgive me. The only way you belong to him is acknowledging that you're a sinner and ask him to enter into a covenant relationship with with him, with you. And uh, he would do that. And then now you become a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You become a member of the family of God. So uh, we have to get the fundamentals down, Pat. That's how the enemy manipulates us and deceives us. When we don't have the fundamentals down Let's talk about a subject that I think is very important In order to do spiritual warfare To pray effectively Even to flow in the supernatural What's the purpose of flowing in the supernatural Always understand that the gifts of the spirit uh, Is never for you uh, The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 For the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man To profit with all Notice that it's given to every man, not some men, every man. 
Everyone, now when it says every man, of course, now he's writing to the church. He's not writing to the world. In 1 Corinthians 12, that he's writing to the Corinthians church. He said, for the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Uh, how do you profit? Uh, you benefit somebody with that gift. You bless somebody with that gift. Gifts is really never given to you for you. Uh, it's a fascinating how those of us that uh, God uses in word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and 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 prof- prophetically, it's not difficult for me to get a word for you. It's difficult difficult for me to get a word for myself, and it's really not even that difficult for me to get a word for myself. But usually, when I need an answer from God, do God keeps us interdependent? He don't keep us dependent but he keeps us interdependent. <clears throat> that means I need your gift and you need my gift. That's how God created, like my arm need my shoulder, my shoulder need my arm in order to be effective. My hand need my fingers, and my fingers need my hand to be effective. <clears throat> so the strength of my hand and fingers is contingent upon their submitted one to another. It's the same thing in the body of Christ with the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit is given to us uh, for to bless others, uh, uh, to encourage one another, build one another. So, and God keep it that way so we don't operate in pride, and we begin to isolate ourselves from one another, and uh, and uh, and operate independent of one another. And that's how pride comes in. And overtakes us, and we experience a great fall because we allow our gifts uh, to make us prideful by depending on them and trusting in them and not trusting in the God that gives the gifts. And that's what how the enemy manipulates and tricks the body, getting us to uh, cease to depend on him but to depend on the gift that God has given unto us. Authority uh, is given to us from someone. When we understand spiritual warfare, prayer, intercession, and warfare, uh, uh, you have to exercise authority. Authority is giving you the right to pray, a right to battle, a, a right to uh, intercede, it gives you a right, authority. Do you have authority? Every born-again believer, the moment that you and I are born again, we are born again into authority. We receive the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But even receiving the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that authority won't work. If that authority, if you're not accountable with your authority, so what it means? Okay. Every human being is born into this earth with authority. What gives us authority? Our physical body. God created this created world for humanity. We see that in the Word of God. So. God delivered into man's hand, mankind, all of his creation. So human beings was created to rule this created world, not angels and not demons. But we have demons here, and we have angels here. The reason we have demons here is because Satan and the fallen angels was kicked out of heaven and came here. What gave them a legal right here, which is authority, authority is a legal right, was the sin of Adam. So when Adam sinned, Satan became the god of this world, the creative world. What gave God a legal right here when he entered into a covenant with Abraham? So God now has a legal right into the earth room through 
the covenant people, the nation of Israel. And now, ultimately, through Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God, so every born-again believer, every Christian. So we are born again in a natural, with authority in the earth realm, but we are born again with authority in the realm of God by being born again. So we have authority from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what the Lord Jesus Christ does, once you are born again, you have to submit your authority to the authorities that he placed in your life and over your life. So if if everybody needs to be submitted to somebody. So when you and I begin to do spiritual warfare, that we are legally covered. Then you may say, but what you mean by legally covered? Well, let's go to the Word of God and, 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 and understand what the Word of God says. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it talks about the order of relationship uh, with the Father himself, with the Son himself, and with the man, the male gender, <clears throat> excuse me, the female gender. So we have the, the pattern of relationship uh, based on uh, what we see in the word of the Lord. Ultimate, it is God. Then we have the Son of God. Then we have now God's creation, man, who he created in his image and his likeness. Then we have the woman who's taken out of man. The Bible doesn't say anything about children there, but we understand it is children. And the reason I say children because when you have children, you have a male or a female. So you got the God, you got Jesus, you got the male, and you have the female. So we see that pattern in the word of the Lord of authority and covering. Who covers Jesus? The Father. Who covers the man? Uh, uh, Jesus. Who covers the woman? The man. So that's God's kingdom order there. So it says it this way in uh, the third verse of First Corinthians chapter 11. But I want you to know and realize that Christ is the head of every man. The head of every woman is the husband, and the head of Christ, Christ is God. That's what it says. I want you to realize that Christ is the head of every man, the head of a woman is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. That's the pattern of covering. That's the pattern of authority. When someone covers you, they are your authority. But who who assigned the covering responsibility? God. Not Jesus, not the man, not the woman. God, even though we know Jesus and God are one. So that is the order of covering. That's the order of authority. So as we begin to understand that how uh, in relationship to spiritual warfare, let's use a natural illustration. Uh, we may have uh, some of you all that's a part of our radio audience today and those that's by chat uh, have been in the military or uh, worked on the police force or working on the police force at the police force at this time. So you know that there's different rankings, <clears throat> excuse me, in the military there's different rankings of authority in uh, the police uh, academy of force. So once we understand that, there's positions of authority. All of everyone that works for uh, the police force is an authority in some kind of way, fashion, or form. But you've got different rankings of the police force. Now, now each one of those rankings is submitted to somebody. Even the chief of police has an authority. And usually the chief of police authority is the mayor. The mayor has an authority. It's the governor. The governor has an authority, uh, which is either the senators or the, the, uh, 
uh, the President of the United States. So we've got all of these positions and rankings of authority. Now, let me ask you this question here. The mayor of a city, and then I forgot about the commissioners. A commissioner is a person of authority over a jurisdiction. So you got the commissioners who are subject to <clears throat> the mayor. The mayor subject to the governor. Now, the mayor is not mayor over the state of Florida, just over his jurisdiction, the city. So we have in here in South Florida, we have a mayor of Dade County. We got a mayor of uh, Hylier. So different little uh, uh, jurisdictions. And so there, with each uh, ranking, is a greater level of responsibility. The governor of the state have more responsibility than a mayor of a city and have more, not only more responsibility, more authority, more power. <clears throat> the, uh, the mayor cannot uh, execute a law for the state, only a law for his city. And have to be voted on anyway, but nevertheless we want to get into the, the, the details. So he'd have no, his authority does not expand to the state of Florida, just his jurisdiction. So it's the same thing in the body of Christ. So even though you're born again in authority, you're born again submitted to authority. Let's break it down a, a little further. Let's take a person from another country want to become a citizen of the United States. So there's certain things they must go through to qualify to be a, U, a U.S. citizen. So by them becoming a U.S. citizen, they're saying they got to take classes. I'm willing to abide by the rules and the regulations that govern the United States. A person that uh, from another country cannot come here and become a citizen but execute the laws that govern the country that they come from here in the United States. They, they end up getting put in jail. And so they're arrested. Say, what are you doing? And you, uh, when they arrest you, you might say, why are you arresting me? So you just broke the law. But this is the way we do it. Uh, they did it where I grew up at. But you're not where you grew up at. Where did you grow up at? Germany? You're not in Germany. You may be a German, but you're not in Germany. You're in the United States. So if you want to abide by those laws that govern Germany, then we have to send you back to Germany. Or we have to put you in jail. Because you just violated or broke laws that governs the United States. So it's the same thing. In the kingdom of God, you operated a certain way before you became born again. You was up under the jurisdiction of Satan. You was up under the jurisdiction of another kingdom. And now you've given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's different rules and regulations that governs the kingdom. So now what happens is you're born again in a structure that's already established. Just like when you come from another country to this country, you come from this country and become a, a member, uh, not a member, but a U.S. citizen, you become a U.S. citizen under a structure that's already existent, in existence. So I got to learn them. I got to know them in order for me to benefit from them. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. So when you are born again, God already have a system in place. He already have authority in place. When you become a citizen of the United States, we already got a president in place. We already have senators in place. 
got the House of Representatives in place. We have governors that's already in place. We've got mayors of cities already in place, chief of police, officers over different cities, municipalities. We have commissioners that's already in place. So you're coming here with people that's already in position of authority. So now i got to submit to the authorities that's already in place here in the United States. And if I submit to them, I'm guaranteed the protection. I'm guaranteed protection. I'm guaranteed rights. If I do what they tell me to do, I have freedom. Freedom within those rights that governs this country. Excuse me. It's the same thing in the body of Christ. You were born again into freedom, but there's a structured freedom. You have rights within the confines of what has already been established for you to benefit from, for you to be protected. So therefore, if you come to this country and just say, usually when people come to this country, they usually come to New York, to New York or South Florida or California, some coastal area, but mainly those uh, usually those those uh, cities, but everywhere in the United States. But I say usually. <clears throat> now, you come here, you be, just say you became a U.S. citizen in uh, in Miami. So you become a U.S. citizen in Miami. So here in Miami, there's different rules and regulations that governs this state or uh, this city, city of Miami. And now you may go to another state. But even with every state, there's different rules and regulations that govern those states. Now one of the things that... uh, uh, the enemy is perpetrated here in the United States is same-sex marriages. Now, uh, we know, according to the word of God, is an abomination. Now, just say the state of Florida uh, does not condone same-sex marriage. Or uh, New York does. Now, just say if you uh, move from New York to here and we don't condone it, and you try to get someone to marry you if you uh, are, are gay, a homosexual, or lesbian, and you get somebody to want somebody to marry you, if you got married, your marriage will be illegal. It will not hold up. It will not be condoned. Because it's not legal here. Then you may say, but it's legal in New York. Then you have to move back to New York. You cannot live here in the state of Florida if the state of Florida has not uh, uh, adopted that law, accepted that law, inaugurated that law. So you're violating the law. If you try to marry, and it's against the law here. So even with every state, they have different laws that governs the state. In the body of Christ, we have different levels of authority that governs the body of Christ. Now, when you became a, a, a legal citizen, if you're from another country, or you're an authority in the United States, yeah, you have the authority to buy. You have the authority to sell within the confines of the law. You have the, you have, you have the authority to buy a home. You have the authority to buy a car because you are a legal citizen. So there's privileges and rights. You're an authority. Nobody's going to put you in jail for buying a house. Nobody's going to put you in jail for buying a car. Nobody's going to put you in jail for buying property. Nobody's going to put you in jail for investing. You're a legal citizen. You're an authority. 
but you, your authority is limited. Even though you're an authority, you still have to come subject to the authorities. All of this works the same way in the kingdom of God and the realm of God. So therefore, even though you are a, an authority, have the right to buy, sell, purchase property, invest, that is contingent upon you submitting to the authorities. And one of the authorities that gives you the right to do that is the IRS. They want you to pay your taxes for you to have the right to do that. Just break this thing down to see how this thing works. Now, if you end up uh, paying taxes, I'm saying uh, purchasing property, buying a home, and you don't pay taxes, then there is a higher authority over you. And really, you're operating illegally. You have really forfeited your authority. Now you're using power without a right to exercise authority. What gives me the authority to exercise my power to purchase property? What gives me or who gives me the authority to exercise power to buy and sell, to establish a business? The government. They said, if now you become a U.S. citizen, you've gone through the classes, we told you what to do, you have to be a taxpayer to live in the United States. If you're working, you have to pay taxes. That gives you the right now to invest. It gives you the right to purchase property. It gives you a right to establish a business. You're from another country. If you look at the people in the United States, the majority of people... We probably have more business owners uh, from other countries than we do probably in our own country. What, what makes them legal, they became a legal citizen of the United States. Now, but if I purchase property and I refuse to pay taxes, then the government has a right to take the property that you purchase. You work hard for that property. You work hard for uh, that car. They will take your property because what you did, you exercise power illegally. The power is your money to buy, but you did not buy it legally. You said, but I worked. I did buy it legally. I worked, and I made money. And I paid it with my own money. But what makes that illegal? Well, if you understand that part is legal, but what makes that part illegal, you didn't give Uncle Sam what he asked you for. A tax. By me paying my taxes keeps me in favor with the government. And the government will favor me if I pay my taxes. So I now have a legal right to buy and sell. I have a legal right to establish my own, uh, uh, not my own, but to uh, establish my own business. And, and I can flourish. How do I work in the kingdom of God? Well, it's the same way. When you become born again, what problem with the majority, uh, not majority, but so, so many Christians, is they want to become born again and still do what they want to do. You can't do that. Just like you can't become a U.S. citizen, do what you want to do. There's laws that is designed to govern the nation. And if everybody abides by the laws, then everybody can be protected by those laws and prosper by those laws. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. When I'm born again, there's laws that governs the kingdom of God. If I abide by those laws, no weapon formed against me can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me and judge me, I shall condemn. If I abide by those laws, my God shall supply all of my need 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If I abide by those laws, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. If I abide by those laws, that governs the kingdom. Are, are, are you getting this? Well, let's, let's look at it from, from the perspective of uh, the illustration we just gave, which that wasn't really my intention, but since we went there, you become a U.S. citizen. And once you become a U.S. citizen, you abide by the rules and regulation that governs uh, the United States that automatically gives you rights. It gives you rights. Now, from that same perspective, how can I flourish? I don't know what the Lord is going this way because I really do. I really want to talk about prayer, but uh, uh, and from the perspective of uh, authority. See, the only way that works is because God Himself already have a system in place for you and I to flourish. And uh, you, I, I was sharing this with someone recently. I thought that uh, when I um, when I was younger, uh, I thought God favored uh, white people over black people. And the reason that because my environment uh, was on a low a low scale. When I ventured outside of my environment and saw nice homes, nice neighborhood, no trash on the street, I said, wow. But I noticed only white people lived in those kind of neighborhoods back then. And I wasn't raised up in church. So I thought, man, God seemed like he favored white people more than black people. God, then why you didn't make me white? That was my mentality as a kid not understanding uh, uh, at all principles and, and, and laws, even though it is tougher for certain um, groups of people than it is others, because we do have racism in this world. Now, we know that there's no racism in the kingdom of God, but we definitely know it is in this realm, because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy and racism is one of the vices that Satan uses to destroy. Uh, 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 we see it all, all in every war, basically. It's a form of racism. Uh, uh, we have somebody come against the United States. A lot of countries don't like the United States. That's a form of racism. And, and uh, I'm sure the United States uh, 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 probably has some racist biases as well. That's in this world, but not in the realm of God. Now, how we get into that area? But nevertheless, so uh, when we begin to understand, I had that mentality uh, uh, that white people was rich and black people was poor. And until I began to grow up and begin to uh, salt, I began to see uh, some blacks prosper. And so my mind began to be renewed. But nevertheless, let's get back to the principle of uh, being a legal citizen in the United States and your rights. Uncle Sam wants your tax. Give you a right to invest. You don't have to invest. You don't have to buy no property. You have to do anything. But you have the right to do it. Um, you don't have to exercise that right at all. And so you don't have to do anything. And so, but you're, you're a legal citizen, and you could be poor, a legal poor citizen. You could be a legal middle class citizen, and you can be a legal affluent citizen. It all depends on what you do, how you do, and, and, and what God does in your life, and where your faith is. And some people, that is, of course, got a lot of meaning that's not saved, but they have taken advantage of certain things that have been presented to them. So the same thing in the, in the kingdom of God. You got poor Christians, middle class Christians, and affluent Christians. Is God, uh, do God savor one son or daughter over another? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
Jesus says, the poor you will always have in this world. So Jesus said, does everybody in the world have to be poor? Absolutely not. All the wealth that was in the world from the time God created it to now is still here. You can't take it out of here. And there's enough wealth in the world for not one child to go hungry, one child to be clothless. But we see it here. Now, let's look at this thing from the perspective of of being a citizen of the United States and a citizen of the kingdom of God. The United States says you can you can uh, invest, you have a right, but you got to pay your taxes. Well, you cannot prosper by God in the kingdom of God if you don't buy it by the rules and regulations that God governs the kingdom. Tithing is one of them. Giving an offering is another one. It's a tithe and offering, Malachi. A lot of people say that's Old Testament, but tithes and offering before the law. It was before the law. So we're not getting into that. So, now watch this right here. So when it comes down to spiritual warfare, if I do not abide by the laws that govern the kingdom, can I be successful? Well, think about it. You get somewhere you're going to be operating illegally, illegally because... If, you, if you're violating the laws of the kingdom, you're violating Christ Jesus, who is king over his kingdom. Are you getting this? That means you're not submitting to the authority that has been established for your life. Like the person that per- purchased property and did not pay taxes. They did not submit to the authority of the city that they live in. They didn't submit to it. They are violator of the authority. Let's look at the scripture here in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 7. Notice what the scripture says here. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. Remember your leaders. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. But you say, but my authority is God. Uh, Jesus, my superior. Well, this is God writing this. Uh, this was written by, uh, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. So somebody wrote it, but the Holy Spirit inspired them to write it. He said, remember your leaders. So who is your leader? We started this out talking about authority. We really will give you the right to fight the enemy. Your authority gives you the right to bind the enemy. Your authority gives you the right to rebuke the enemy. Your authority gives you the right to drive out demons. Your authority. So Satan knows that. Your authority gives you the right to advance the kingdom of God. But if you advance to the kingdom of God, you're advancing on the behalf of the king. You're not the ultimate authority. God is the ultimate authority. Romans 13, verse 1 says, All authority that be has been ordained by God. He's talking about in this earth realm here. So you have a right to bind demonic forces as long as you and I is a legal citizen. And what makes you not a legal citizen you is being born again, number one, then abiding by the rules and the regulation that governs the kingdom. We just went through a major crisis here in the, uh, well, I would say the United States, globally, economically. And we begin to see almost every state not every state, almost every state in the United States has been challenged with their budget. 
the United States itself is challenged with her budget. So as we begin to see that, and what causes the nation to run? The taxes of the people. What causes a state to run efficient? The taxes of the people. What causes a city to run effect? The taxes of the people. With all this greed here, that's why we're in debt. But no, no nation, especially the United States, have to be broke. It's greed. But I'm not going to get into that. It's not the purpose. So what keeps a nation function is, is the taxes. Well, tell me what keeps the body of Christ going. What kept Israel going? The tax of the people. What's the tax of the people? Tithing. Tithing. That is a law for you. It's not a law for God. It's a law for you. And the reason God put a demand on us to tithe it's acknowledged that he's the owner of everything. If you're struggling with tithing, it's most likely you're struggling with idolatry. There's an idol somewhere that's trying to convince you in your heart that you don't have to do this, you work hard for this, and based what you're saying, you're your own source. And you the one got this and not God. Now, the Bible says, we got people that don't believe in the Bible. That's Christians. The whole council says we, we, we try to make the work fit for ourselves. Now, Malachi said you're cursed with a curse. So, but I'm not under the law. The tithing was before the law. Abraham tithed. Abraham tithed. Before there was a law. So, if Abraham tithed before there was a law, where did Abraham learn the tithing principle? Abby went all the way back to Adam. Acknowledging that God is the rightful owner of the heavens, the earth, the world, and all that dwells therein. Now, God said you're cursed with a curse. Now, this is what some people would say. But Jesus came to redeem us from the curse. So we, we cannot be upon the curse. God have mercy on our ignorance. Now let's look at it this here, this way. Is there obedience and disobedience? Yes. By being a Christian, can you be disobedient? Yes. Is there the power of choice? Is sin still in this world? Yes. Is righteousness in this world? Yes. So, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse. And Scripture said the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Even if we quoted that Scripture, we quoted it out of context. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Think about it. The law never, ever was for Gentiles, unless you were a proselyte, a converted Jew. So the law never was for us. The law became a curse because there was no grace. The law that was meant to be good became evil because the law exposed me as a sinner. Romans 7, 7 talks about that. Paul said, the thing I would, I would do, I find myself not doing it. What I don't want to do, I find myself doing it. So, so the thing that was meant to be good ended up being bad for me because it made me out of a sinner. Now, I said make me, make, it, it revealed sin, put it that way. It made sin to be made sin. So, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law. He said, he said us, when Paul talking, he, he can't be talking about Christians. He's got to be talking about Jewish people. The law was only for the Jewish nation. So if you want to use that scripture, he redeemed us from the curse of the law, the curse, God help us, was tithing a part of the law. 
tithing is a biblical principle that was before the law. It was before the law. We don't even see it in the Ten Commandments, but because there's more than Ten Commandments, it's before the law. So now, can you be a Christian and be disobedient? Everybody has been disobedient one time or another. Is there consequences of disobedience? Absolutely. Everybody see it. You have experienced, I have experienced, consequence of disobedience. Now, would you say that disobedience is, is basically sin, missing the mark? Yeah. Would you say then the curse is missing the mark, sin, yes. Well, let's look at it this way. So we, we, we make it so hard. When God spoke in Deuteronomy chapter 28, 29 and 30, concerning the blessing and the cursing with the children of Israel, the blessing and the cursing, the blessing will come as a result of what? The people obedience. The curse will come as a result of what? The people's disobedience. So are you trying to tell me there's no penalty for disobedience? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 3, for the wages of sin is death. Well, can you say that death is a curse? Absolutely. Comes to disobedience. It's sin. Interesting. Interesting. So therefore, the moment I sin, I come upon the curse. The moment I repent, change my heart, my mind, I come back up under the blessing as a Christian. Is there, let me ask you this question here. The Bible says God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Is that true? Yes. So, if God is light, and in him there is no darkness, is there darkness? Yes. Can we say it this way? In Satan, there is darkness, and there is no light. Satan is darkness, and in him there is no light. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Can we say that? Absolutely. Now, here you have the mountain of blessing and the mountain of curses. God said, if you obey me, this is what will happen. If you disobey me, these things will happen. God said. Has that changed because Jesus has come to redeem man back to God? Had a change. No, it haven't changed. We change. That have not changed, but we change. Jesus made it possible for us to change. Cursing and blessings is still here. All you got to do is disobey God, willfully disobey God, and see what happens. Do you think blessings are going to overtake you? On the right hand of life? Absolutely not. So, therefore, I have a choice to obey or disobey. We still have a will. The tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The power of choice. Tree of life, obey, live forever. Tree of knowledge of good and evil, partake and die. Did they die? Yes, they died to God. So therefore, the Bible says, when you don't pay your tithes, you're cursed with a curse. What makes it a curse? Disobedience. Disobedience. Do God own everything? Is the earth is the Lord's? Yes. The full is thereof? Yes. Is the silver God's? Yes. The gold God's? Yes. The cattle thousand here? Yes. So he said, when you give me a tenth, you acknowledging that I am owner of everything. Give me a tithe and give me an offering. 
Give me a tithe and give me an offering. Now I'm going to ask you a question. If you're not tithing according to that scripture, can I rebuke the spirit of poverty? I bind the spirit of poverty. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Is poverty under the curse? Absolutely. Because we read in Deuteronomy, disobedience bring the curse. Obedience bring the blessing. According to the word of God. Then if that is being the case then, if I do what God's word tells me to do, can I rebuke the spirit of poverty? Absolutely. Do poverty have a right to me? Absolutely not. Why not? Because my obedience protects me. My obedience shields me. My obedience gives me rights. When I, as a citizen, as I obey the law, the law protects me. The law gives me rights. Disobey, I'm under a curse. Because I violated the law. Or I was disobedient. Can you say disobedience is a violation of the law? If we want to look at it from that perspective, absolutely. Absolutely. So therefore, as a citizen of the body, the kingdom of God, then I am inquired to pay a tax. A tithe. But I do not get blessed off of the tithe. The tithe position me to be blessed. The offering is where I get blessed off of. The offering is the seed. Tithing is not a seed. Tithing belongs to God. But my offering is seed. The Bible says it this way in Corinthians that God will multiply the seed that is sown. He don't multiply the tithe. He multiply what? The seed that is sown. And increases, I think it's Second Corinthians, yes. Second Corinthians 9, verse 10. Notice what it says. Now he that ministers seed to the sore, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown and increases the fruits of your righteousness. It is said he uh, multiplied the tithe that is sown because you don't sow tithe. You give tithe to the owner. If you are renting, living in an apartment, when you give your rent money to the landlord, you don't say that this is a gift to you. Because it's not a gift. You're giving the landlord what's rightfully his. Rent. Now, if there's some, something extra, if your rent is uh, $1,000 a month, and this is your landlord's birthday, you all have a good relationship, and uh, uh, you give him uh, $1,200, or her $1,200, and he look at the check and says, you got $1,200, and you rent us 1000 Well, I'm giving you a gift. So he automatically knows that the gift is two hundred, not twelve hundred. You giving him what is rightfully his is a thousand, and the two hundred is a gift. It's a seed that has been sown. You only can sow seed legally after you have tithe. I have absolutely no clue, never do, why God shift this thing. Every time I get ready to get on here, not every time, many times, he shifts this thing. This will be talking about warfare today at intercession. He's getting on this thing. 
I want to uh, personally believe the reason God is doing this is because what God is preparing you for. He's preparing you for something awesome, great, and you got to get everything in alignment. He's not speaking this just to speak it because Satan will come and steal, kill, and destroy what you gain, have gained, illegally by not giving the owner what belongs to him. The tithe belongs to God. And now, here you are cursed by your disobedience, you trying to bind someone that is cursed. Satan is cursed. And that curse cannot be lifted off of him. So a cursed man trying to bind a cursed devil. And the devil is laughing because the devil knows you're illegal. Well, my time is up. Unless we have someone that needs prayer concerning any matter. And if this be God today, either you have found then in us someone that in relationship with you have found in this thing, and God wants you to make the adjustments. <clears throat> this is the love of God, the mercy of God towards you. Or you have been doing all of these things, but the enemy has manipulated you and been stealing from you. Then you have authority, a right to bind that devil in the spirit of poverty, like in famine, and drive it out. And out of your mouth begin to speak, decree, and declare the blessing of the Lord is overtaking you on the right hand and the left hand because you're living. You're living on the mountain of blessing because you're obedient to God. Because you're obedient to God. Are you getting this? Well, do we have anyone chat that need prayer? You can just type, type your prayer request out. Is anyone that uh, have joined us? You have a prayer request, just press the number one button and we will pray with you. And if not, then we will close this session out and look forward to being with you on Monday evening at 6 p.m. I know that the Spirit of God has spoken today, given us a legal right to fight and to take back everything that the enemy has stolen from us. But you use your authority not for you, you use your authority for the one that gives you authority. So you're taking back for God. You're taking back your possessions back. You're taking back for God. God gave it to you. You got to take it back from the enemy so God can get glory. Don't, when the devil steals from you, he's stealing from God. I'm going to say it again. When the devil steals from you, he's stealing from God, the owner of all things. Jesus died on Calvary's cross to give you a right to be able to be set free from poverty. And you have been set free. But now let's begin to walk in the blessings of God. Let me just pray with you before I release. Father, we thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's joined us today by way of blog, uh, chat, and by way of uh, the broadcast and the, those that's going to join uh, us later uh, through the archives. We pray that the Spirit of the living God is ministered to them, grace them to make your sons and daughters adjustment in their heart and their mind and their thinking. Grant them repentance, those that, O oh God, has violated their relationship with you concerning the tithe and the offering. And those that has violated their relationship with you, O oh God, by strictly being rebellious and disobedient, that they know it, but they just entrust you. They trust more in this realm than the realm of God. Father, we thank and we praise you for your loving kindness and your tender mercies and your grace and your favor being extended towards your sons and your daughters. You have such great things in, that you have planned for us. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give us an expected end, a future, and a hope. It all belongs to you. Forgive us for being idolatrous. Loving money, loving things, loving stuff more than you, not trusting you. Liberate all of us. Set us free from the influence of money, the influence of things, the influence of your creation. 
but grace us to be up under the spout of heaven and under the influence of heaven itself. The influence of our king, the influence of the kingdom, the influence of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit only. Spirit of the living God, take these words and let them penetrate the heart of the mind of the hearer. We bind and take authority over every enemy that would try to block them and stop them from hearing by the Spirit of the living God and obeying the Spirit of the living God. By the blood of the cross, we call you paralyzed, neutralized, and put to death. Every enemy of this word today, every enemy of this broadcast today, we say not so. And we bring this broadcast subject to the influence of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit only. And we release the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ in this broadcast and over this broadcast. In Jesus' mighty name, I speak and pronounce the blessings of God to overtake everyone that is in alignment with the word of the Lord and those that are making the adjustments to the word of God. I ask, Lord God, for a miracle to take place in their life by the extension of your loving kindness and your tender mercy towards them, that they will know that you are God and besides you there is absolutely none else, and that you are the owner of the heavens, the earth, the world, and all that dwells therein. We thank you for it, Father. And we seal the hearers by the blood of the Lamb, and we release the operation of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, since no one needs prayer or desire prayer, this has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. Well, let the rest of your day, this Saturday, be blessed. Look forward to being with you on um, Monday. Monday at uh, 6 p.m. Tell your family and friends to join us, if you will. We love you and appreciate you. I do solicit your prayers as well. Will you pray for me? Will you keep me lifted up in prayer? I do solicit your prayers. Uh, more people pray for me, the more I can know and protect it and be in the will of God. And I can feel your prayers from time to time. Make a commitment to, be, to join me in prayer. Pray with me every day if you will. I pray for you every day. God bless you. Love you.